Repeat, this is a case for intervention from any nearby imperial assets. This is the Remembrancer vessel, Vox Castian, and we are in dire need of assistance. Our ship has been attacked by unknown assailants who bear imperial markings and clowns. Coordinates are as follows. 692-138-2174 Dan Dragon Sector, Segmentium Tempestus. We are being attacked by unknown assailants. They bear imperial markings. Please help us. We are remembrance of the vessel. We are a remembrance of the vessel. The Emperor protects. This message shall repeat. The Emperor protects. This message shall Welcome to the Galaxy in Flames podcast. Bio-readouts are bio Looks like it's alive. Hey there! Welcome to the Horus Heresy podcast, Galaxy in Flames. I'm Steve Saunders, and I'm here with uh, Simon Berman. Simon, how you doing? Good, man. Uh, it is January, which is always a very busy time for me uh, with Brush World Wars Union, because... Uh, all my members get their new uh, membership pa- uh, membership kits at the beginning of the year, uh, so there was a gigantic pack out, and of course we do our hobby pledge, so I've got enamel pins to send people who completed their pledges from last year, and uh, I am very glad it is all in the mail and arriving in people's hands, but that is a long weekend of work for me when that happens every January, so uh, happy to do it, glad it's over. You, you are a very dedicated uh, brush, brush, wheeler, brush wheeler union boss. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've been up to. And uh, what else? What else has been going on? Uh, found a new podcast I'm listening to. Mm-hmm. Which one? Big Feats. Big Feats. What's that? Big Feats. It is uh, the companion podcast to one of the worst pieces of media ever made, called Mountain Monsters, which you can watch on HBO Max right now after the big Discovery merger, in which a crew of. Uh, Gentlemen who I can only say are, are cosplaying as mountain men, uh, improv hunting cryptids in the woods of West Virginia, and uh, often hurt themselves with no budget, knowledge of improv rules, or uh, acting skills, and uh, it's incredible. Yeah, so what you're saying is that we're in the wrong business. Yeah, They're basically. They're probably making way more money than we are. I don't think the... so. No? Uh, no, I, I, don't, I don't think these men make any real money at all, despite their probably wishes to the contrary but uh, yeah the big feats podcast is uh oh big feats podcast i i i mean like the show like oh i don't think those men are making any money either um really like they yeah. you make shit man like just for putting up a, a band poster you make uh in a film you get like 200 bucks so like it's... Oh, maybe maybe they're making 200 bucks. I, I i don't know it's it's it certainly hasn't shown in production uh values Sorry, I lost up. I lost my connection there for a second. Um, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you fine. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. Can you repeat what you just said? I might edit this out, or it might just be fun to listen to because I sure hit a, I hit a chord. Uh, but yeah, no. The the Big Feats podcast is actually uh, it's Sean Baby, formerly of Crack dot com. Uh, no, really? Re- yeah. I, and, love, I was just talking uh, about author, it yesterday. I love that guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And go the ahead. author of uh, John dies at the end. It's the three of them who are doing an episode-by-episode watch of all nine seasons of this dog shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, that it's That sounds amazing. 
I have I have wasted between watching the episodes and listening to the podcast probably close to a full twenty four hours of my life has been spent consuming uh, mountain monsters related me- related media. Oh, oh, I I don't I don't I don't blame you. I'm um I'm a big I'm because you got Sean Baby and was is it um well the founder of Cracked right like he's he's the author of John Dies and Dan along with yeah what's his name. Can't uh, remember his fake name or his real Jason name. Jason Pargin is the author of uh, Yeah, Jason Pargin. John dies at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he has a he had a uh, different name under uh, for doing cracked. Um, David Wong. Brockway is the other, is the third host. Oh yeah, Brockway's cool. Yeah, David Wong was his uh, uh, nom de plume or whatever in, for cracked. So uh, Justin Pargin. Pargin. Well, anyway, if, if 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 you're entertained by uh, obese aging men pretending to be, you know, much more savvy in the outdoors than they actually are and holding guns in ways that make it clear that they have never held a gun before in their lives, uh, I really recommend watching Mountain Monsters and listening to Big Feats. If you have any uh, knowledge of Sean Baby's former career... This section of this podcast has been redacted by order of Inquisitor Springer. Heresy shall not be tolerated. In party hats, they need party hats. So they they all have hats and bandanas because they, they all look kind of the same. They're all you know older white guys with beards who are obese. So they all have like a distinguishing piece of headwear so you can tell them apart. That's that's good because uh, nothing wrong with uh, any of that any of that weight. Uh, all all people are beautiful. Um, there, there is though. I, I do have a problem with like, man, they all look like white guys with beards. It's uh, like you know, mix it up a little bit. You know, get green hair, or but at least they have different caps, so that's good. Different, different toques, if you will. Yeah. Gotta sound Canadian. But yeah. Well, anyway, that, that's what I've been up to. What have you been up to, Steve? Oh, uh, well, let's see. Uh, normal work stuff. Uh, doing, uh, working on getting out my new Skull Cultist album. Uh, called Hardcore Rituals, um, and there'll be a music video for that. So I've been working on all that film stuff. Um, production meeting today. I've had a very busy day um, and spending way too much of my free time. Uh, my younger son said, kept telling me, "Dad, you got to play uh, Gladius," and I've never played it, and I have it, and I have the expansion. So I'm like, "Well, I'll play Gladius," and it's 4x Warhammer 40k. And it's really well done if you like that kind of stuff. And I've dumped way too many hours where I should be producing music in my spare time <laughs> in, into like, I'm like, so if the new Skull Cultist is delayed, um, it's because I've been trying to shoot the shit out of Necrons and Astro Militarum in, with my Space Marines. And so, which which also getting at the sub and, and, and hang out with my cats that's what i've been doing but also uh kicking off the horus heresy stuff why is there not a 4x horus heresy game like gladius like you know it's civ without the diplomacy it's just war <laughs> it's fantastic I, I fucking love it it's it's like they really like um Proxy Studios developed it for Slytherin. You know those guys for the Panzer General games. They know their strategy games. The the they it it's perfect. It's great. I I I can't wait to get more factions. Like I'm looking forward to Sisters of Battle so I can burn heretics and destroy them. There's fauna. Um, so they have these webway gates and stuff like that. And they yeah. Catachin devils, Umbra, who are 
motherfuckers. Seriously. <laughs> these these little orbs that just annihilate your dudes. And like, Crute Hounds, Chaos Cultists, um, uh, Stingwing, Vespids, all these kind of like Xenos that you can fight, Mechanicus dudes, giant castle and robots who are also bastards. And then, then you're trying to, like I cranked up the wildlife on one of the playthroughs and uh-huh. like we all three factions are, we were just too, we're too busy fighting wildlife <laughs> to, to fight each yeah. other. But it, it's really cool. You can play a multiplayer, which I'm playing, playing with my son. Um, yeah, it's, 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 uh, why isn't there not a Horus Heresy game like this? There's like a card game. I looked it up and there's like, a, it's not my bag. Uh, video card games aren't my thing. Um, but like, yeah, someone get on that. Someone, someone, someone please. get on. You should write a strongly worded letter to somebody. Someone, yeah. I mean, I have a game idea in mind. I don't know if I should talk about because I, I still I, I have it close to my chest, but basically, like, you know, administrative. But, but a 4X game, boy, howdy. Those people, like mm. Proxy Studios, will never listen to this. But if you ever did, please, I <laughs> love for the love of Horace's beautiful eyes just make a horus heresy 4x game it will do pretty well you'll have at least lock, a locked in thirty thousand people playing it at least so come on come on do it or at least steve at least me hey you know Your one guaranteed sale that's true i'll buy five and i was gonna yeah. say <laughs> like, gladius was released in 2018 and they just dropped a drukari dlc and i can't wait to get it it's like it's like I need my BDSM space elves, dude. Like, oh, is like, it a, is it a PC game? I, I'm so out of the loop on video games these days. It's a PC game, and like yeah. I was telling you earlier, it'll it'll run on a potato, man. It's 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 really well done. The graphics are great, but it's not like super like it's not gonna blow your system. I, I have a gaming laptop that I as my yeah. primary machine. Um, I mean, I can okay, I can run like Cyberpunk and newer games on this, um, pretty okay. Um, but it, it, it's it's a uh, but I'm, I'm, I was reading um, that it can run on a potato just fine. So if, you, if you're running a potato, my friend, I think that you could probably... Um, yeah, maybe I'll check it out. I, I haven't played like a proper video game in, in, in like years. This might be the one for you because it's turn-based, right? So Yeah, that's cool. Another potato kinda game... Like, kind of like an XCOM thing? Uh, kind um, not, yeah, of. Not, it's not squad-based, though. It's base building. Um, oh, okay. Resource, so like, resource gathering like, management. So 4X, what is it? Uh, gotcha. Explore, okay, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Explore, uh, exterminate, etc. Like, there, there's four, four, four X's, uh, or four E's, or four, uh, four X. And it's like, so civilization, um, Panzer General kind of had a baby, and it's this. And so it's That's a... Cool. Yeah, it's a tactical strategy game, and yeah, you build your bases, you go get your resources, you build stuff, you get a technology tree, you try and get those macro cannons, and then, you know, like, and you, you got to get, like, two slots of tech for each level, and you run out of resources really quick, and it's all about managing, and and then and, 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 and kill them, the enemy, killing them dead, and uh, with all kinds of weapons, plasma weapons. Multimelta is like... Oh, Getting Multimeltas for my land speeders. It's a game changer. Literally, it changed yeah. my game. And um, right on. And for my land raider. So, yeah, I, I, I do highly recommend it. And it comes with uh, four base factions, which are orcs, necrons, astro militarum, and space marines. And then you, um, and even the lines, the little lines the guys say are perfect. Like, you can tell that they love the property, like the, the studio uh-huh. proxy that did this. They, they love Warhammer. It's, it's very yeah. well done. Um, 
and then you can get all the expansions like you got Admac, Sisters, Tau, Drakari, Eldar. Um, I hope they do a Botan. That'd be kind of fun. But like, yeah. yeah. So yeah, and Chaos, of course. You got Chaos, which is probably sure. my next one to pick up because, ooh, I need to, I need to build some skull altars, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, yeah. So that's 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 the game I've been into. I, I need to play Rogue Trader. I got it for Christmas for my kids, and I haven't played it or much Dark Tide for that matter. So. Um, I just don't have time. I got stuff to do. And, yeah, uh, I feel that. Yeah, and um, but yeah, like I thought that'd be a good way to start off rambling about something neat that we would like to see in the Horus Heresy. If you're listening and you want to see a 4x Horus Heresy or a tactical strategy game, uh, you know, strategy RPG or whatever, let us know. Whatever, my carrier pigeon or whatever. So. <laughs> By Servo Skull. Like, Send us a Servo Skull. <laughs> we should probably get an email address set up one of these days, huh? Mm. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I think our primary communication is Facebook, but an email would be cool so we can get like people saying um, how sad we are as middle-aged dudes having a podcast. And I'm like, hey, man, there's nothing sad about that. That's what every middle-aged yeah, I, guy does. I have two podcasts. Maybe three if we get this old world one going. I, I had three, and now I just have two, one regular, one intermittent, and... Uh, and you got that other one going on, and also we have uh, something else in the hopper. Isn't that right, Simon? That's what I said. The, the old one, if we get it going, yeah. So that is right, Simon. So That's like, right. uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, but but all joking aside, we're gonna yeah do the old world podcast. I actually am really looking forward to that one. I love 40k so much and 30k. Um, but my first. My first real love. Well, I, I kind of got into Warhammer Fantasy and, and 40K at the same time. Same year, 87. So just a few months before 40K came out. I yeah. I got into Warhammer Fantasy roleplay. Well, hopefully we'll get going soon. I have not received my books yet. They were delayed by weather, but I hope they will be here next week sometime. But, uh... Yeah, I thought about just breaking down and picking up the ebook, but um, I haven't got mine, mine yet. You know, it's... it's I'm actually... I, I... I feel like I have like a an unpopular opinion on books and stuff, and that's I actually like to sit down and read and discover the whole book, like you know, on my own terms. And like I like a big physical book for this kind of stuff. So like I've actually been avoiding spoilers and reading about the, the game in advance and stuff. Um, ah. I, tend to, I, I I never read. I read reviews when it's when it's a product I don't know if I'm going to purchase or not. But like you know, I know I'm going to buy the old world stuff anyway, so I might as well enjoy it when, uh, when I yeah. get to it. So I got I, that, and I've got the uh, forces of fantasy coming. So I, I probably will play dwarfs uh, when the time comes. I, I'm gonna play. Uh, I, I have decided that I, I will focus on Sterling and my like a mercenary Sterling outfit. I know they don't have mercenary rules yet, but I'm hoping they have mercenaries because you need your dogs of war. I am I'm a big fan of mercenaries. That's why I'm really excited about like Shattered Legions and stuff like that. That's uh, we're gonna discuss in a bit. Um, I just like that stuff. Um, I, I but I, I I'm also torn because I want to do Beastmen as well. Um, you can't have a Zote army in Old World. I mean, I can make one, but um, it, it, it's, it's, uh, yeah. But I think I'll go with Sterling, which is, uh, an Empire not, army. Not as fun, which is Empire, yeah. Which is, which is not as fun as Beastmen. Maybe I'll get some Beastmen out. I love Beastmen. Speaking of Beastmen, we'll be discussing some Beastmen stuff later. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that stuff later. Too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, you know, I should mention what, what I'm going to do this week is I've been going nuts getting ready for this coming weekend tomorrow where, um, 
my gaming club, Pike and Shots, we have rented a couple of houses out at uh, the Washington right. Coast for the weekend, and we are bringing a bunch of our gaming tables and stuff out there to kind of have like a gaming retreat we're calling Shore Leave for, uh, for a couple of cold, wet days in the winter. Oh, that sounds amazing. A bunch of we playing uh, Legions Imperialis for the first time, so I'm pretty stoked for that. Ooh, you have to give us a battle report when you come back, man. Like, yeah, we're uh, a bunch of us are Titanicus players, so we're 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 bringing all of our Titanicus tables and terrain and models. So we're gonna play some Titanicus, but then we can that stuff will all pull double duty to play some Imperialis as well. So, nice. uh, a bunch of Heresy era gaming this weekend, among other things. We're gonna play some, uh, some Baron's War, which is uh, nice. From, uh, from uh, Andy Hobday, it's his uh, 13th century medieval historical uh, i haven't i haven't checked that out like i'm a, a huge, game. i'm a huge fan of that era like you're like magna carta shit like that's uh, that's exactly what it is right like it's it's the, yeah do you want ironclad yeah yeah that's um, that's that's great like i i, I didn't know bear like i i think i've heard of it but i never like i never i never checked it out and i should because that's like i've done papers on that stuff so like that's yeah. like you know like that's uh one of my jams um the Baron's War, but uh, yeah, it's a solid little game. I, I like it a lot. I got a nice bunch of I got like a whole bait table of terrain, and I've got like a Robin Hood force, and then a bunch of like uh, the, the the Sheriff of Nottingham's force, and I've got a whole bunch of just standard knights and stuff that I haven't gotten around to painting, but I should at some point. But uh, we're gonna yeah. play that we're gonna play some Blood and Plunder. Uh, oh, be stoked for that! Yeah, nice. one of the guys is bringing a whole bunch of stuff and some various and sundry other other miniatures games and board games. I'm sure probably drink too much and eat too much, but it should be a fun week. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of heresy to talk about after uh, this weekend, I'm sure. Oh, Absolutely. Story, uh, Alice. But, uh, so I, much did, I did finish painting my 2,000 point list, which is uh, primarily um, Emperor's Children and some uh, a small detachment of uh, Chthonian Headhunters Solar Auxilia, as, long as, as, as well as one of my Legio Furians Titans. Nice. Uh, so good to go, and uh, yeah. So kind of so speaking of Imperialis, we probably start with some of the, some of the news is that you know there's bigger news today, but in that news they mentioned that the uh, Great Slaughter book is being pushed off a little bit for yeah. Legion to be the first thing, which frankly doesn't surprise me because they talked about a January release for it, but that would have been one month after the main game release, which is pretty fast on its heels. Uh, so I'm not surprised that it's getting pushed back, whether it's because of delays or just to get their product schedule you know sort of resorted after the long, lengthy delays for the core game. But we'll see. Either way, I, I'm okay I, with it. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I think I think like it's um, I think there's been some I, I know there are different departments that work on this stuff, but I'm sure in their logistics are basically the same hub. And I'm I'm sure that the unexpected popularity of Old World had a teeny bit to do with that. But also, like you said, a month after release is a little soon um, for for. But I mean, did they give a date for uh, Red Slaughter? An, an updated one? No, they just said later. Uh, it, it, I forget the exact wording, but it was implied it won't be that far. I bet it's going to be like March or April or something. Yeah, yeah, a good three months after would be. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, it's honestly it's funny because there's a bunch of stuff from the core book that has to be released anyway, so it's not like we're dying for stuff to come out in the next couple of months. Um, there's lots of repackaging going on too, so I, I, I am, in, you know, I haven't even played the core game yet. I'm going to play the core game for the first time this weekend, so I am, I am content to not, not have a, an expansion for a few months. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly right. And I I would assume. I mean, while it's going to have like more players than your average like independent war game, um, it, it it's probably not the biggest flagship. It's not not exactly a flagship product, more of a dingy product for the for the overall uh, company. Um, 
and it's also they're speaking of heresy stuff they're dealing with all that stuff the, I'm sure you saw stuff about the scalpers and how oh yeah that was wild and, and then but then they their their solution just got like fucked by scalpers who are bragging that they bought 15% of the books that were being sold like one I just saw a post from one of them that uh, they're a reseller and they uh, bragged that they got 15% of the books or something like that like I think it was 15% yeah. of the books that are being re-released out in the wild that they got from the scalpers and, that they to be clear they, we should talk we're, we're talking about the end of the death volume 3 the final yes, book yes. of the speech of terror Yes, yes, sorry, after I, I skipped that part. Like, yeah, it's for the final book. It is heresy-related, so... Um, I'm curious to see how that, that uh, pans out. I mean, resellers... I, I'm not a fan of that kind of... I don't mind resellers, like, that are selling used product. I used to be one of those people. No problem with that whatsoever. I do have a problem that when they buy out everything, and then that's new, before it's even, and selling it before it's even delivered. They were putting eBay listings up. And right. Stuff. And... The thing is, like, uh, Games Workshop, the fact that they care, I mean, people are giving them shit now because they got kind of screwed over by the scalpers again or whatever, and the bots are getting through and blah, blah, blah. But do understand that Games Workshop does not have to give a single fuck about resellers. They're selling yeah, I mean, if they sell the product, they sell the product, right, at the end of the day. <laughs> so they're dumping money and time into fighting scalpers for the fans for goodwill. That's it. They're not making any money off of this. Or they could just yeah. jack the prices up. If, basically, if you want to screw over scalpers, jack the prices up. If they jack the prices up, I'm not suggesting they do this, by the way. I'm just saying if they that's one way around it. If, it. if the book is, I don't know how much the book is, 100 bucks. I have no idea. Like the, Well, let's say it's $100. And for this, this beautiful limited edition thing, jack it up at 200 bucks, and no one's going to scalp it. Because it's just not, it, it's not profitable for the scalpers. And then the people who are paying the scalper prices will have no problem paying the other prices. So Games Workshop, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and defend the gaming industry's version of a corporate behemoth, but do understand, I, I feel, dear listener, that they're, they're at least they're trying. I'll give them that. Yeah, it's it's they a weird situation, to. right? I, I I have sympathies for the for the the audience, right? Because they obviously the absolutely just don't yeah. want to get their copies of these cool books. They are very well. They are cool books, right? Like they're making nice they're, stuff. They're all signed, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great thing, but you know, I mean, the only real solution, the only real solution is to make the print runs larger. And at what point do people become less excited because it's no longer as as limited, right? Like that limited edition Correct. is part of why people want it. So I, I don't know. It's it's difficult. You know, I I published some ultra limited edition stuff. You know, one of the one of the books I published is a I, we did a limited edition of a hundred signed and numbered uh, books with um, genuine leather covers. Right and uh, oh, what was that for? Uh, problem glyphs. Oh, problem glyphs. That was the was that the um, the Isaac Angers, uh, art book. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I remember that. Um. So you know, it it, it was very cool, but you know, it it, it it's not uh, it's not the easiest thing to produce those books. Um, no, especially, it's when not... you, especially if you have an author involved, and it's going to be a signed copy, right? And you're not just doing a signed like sticker book plate, which makes it easier, but it's not as cool. Um. You know, so there's, I, I don't know, publishing is complicated. You know, one of the things, you know, the, if I can diverge into the, back to the old world, sure. you know, the, the old world book groups right now are full of some of the sourest people on the planet for no good reason. <laughs> like, just, just Indeed. miserable motherfuckers out there. Um, and obviously they're the minority, but like, man, those, those dudes are, they are unhappy. But, you know, I saw somebody talking about like, they're, they, you know, they're like, I haven't played 
fantasy battle in 10 years and I come back and the books are $70 or whatever. How, how can they be $70? I'm like, buddy, the, even at $70, those books are loss leaders. Like, yep. if, That's if, right. If, if, if Games Workshop charge, charged what they actually cost to produce those books in terms of like, you know, the salaries of the people who wrote them and edited them and illustrated them Shipping and all of that. The actual production cost is, is nothing, right? Like, nothing. Um, you know, I'm sure they're paying probably 10 or $12 per unit on those books. Um, yep. And yep. If, if they actually, you know, did the full accounting, on those books would be $180 to $200 a pop. And that's true in the entire game industry, and nobody nobody really wants to have this conversation because everybody's still scandalized about, you know, our big big 350-page RPG books being more than $60 a pop. And, like, man, nobody is making any money off of those things. <laughs> like, no, no. Like, and, I, and, oh, go ahead. Oh, I, you know, I've, I've, I've been parts of those teams. I've produced them. I've, I've, I've seen the, how the whole, whole, all the sausage gets made. And, like, if you wanted to, if, if, you're, if you see an RPG book and you're like, oh, I'm not paying... Eighty dollars for this—that's too much money for this. The, like you're paying fifty percent of what you should be paying for it. Like that—that that like is it correct. Is, it is crazy what it costs once you start talking about terms of people's actual work, um, work and, and hours and so forth. And like even for Games Workshop, where you know they're paying all these people's salaries, it's still cheap. It's still not cheap. You know, well, probably it, ten thousand man hours goes into producing yeah. one of those books, right? Between it, all those employees. And you got to pay him a living wage. It's like right. I, I like how people. This is the same, you know. From, like I, I've worked a, a bit in publishing too, and also bookbinding. And I can tell you how much it costs to print those. Like it, it's not. It's like so. They're the they're, they're total. Like yeah. The the between labor, you know, like people. So you got to get editors, by the way. And like being a professional editor myself, I'm not going to do that shit for cheap because you got to yeah. like you got an editing team, by the way, because you can't just have one editor book like that. And then uh, to give you an idea, and this is no in no way meant as a slight on the company. Like they're wonderful, um, but Cubicle Seven has a much smaller team and they have a lot more errors. And that's, that's it's just going to happen, right? It's just going to happen, and you're going to have occasional typos or problems in the in the formatting. And I still think that their Warhammer Fantasy roleplay and, and 40k books are amazing, and you should buy them. Um, and that's, I mean, but they don't have the miniatures to sell. That's like a total loss. I think they make most of their money up. And I, I don't know this. I don't have an inside scoop on this, but I think they make on um, ebooks. Because that's what I pick up usually for a lot of the secondary stuff or whatever, the ebooks, uh, like through drive through RPG, et cetera. And that's, that's a great way to make uh, more money. Um, I hate paying 60 bucks for a PDF as well. But you know what? That was expensive. They're trying to pay their people right. But like right. with. The, the physical product is the least expensive portion of the entire production. Correct, but shipping, holy yeah. shit, that weight, that oh, weight, oh my you know, god. I, I run a small yeah. publishing company, and you know, that, that same book oh. I produce is, uh, you know, it's a large coffee table art book. Um, it weighs about two pounds, and for me, to, I, I just I just sold one to somebody in Australia through my web store, and mm -hmm. the cheapest option, the cheapest option to send it from Tacoma, Washington to Sydney, Australia last week uh, with the discount I get because you know I, I I have a I have a vendor account with USPS so like you know I'm, I'm not paying counter rates so the cheapest option to pay that something was eighty four dollars eighty four dollars dude just to 84. get a just to get a T-shirt shipped a, from Seattle yeah well they, I was just gonna say something that weighs far less a T-shirt from Seattle from one of my friends another band to uh, Victoria we're not very far from each other. And uh, it cost uh, $30 to ship that. So think about a heavier yeah. book. 
And that's individuals. Of course, you get better rates and stuff like that if you're doing in bulk, but then you actually have to assign a higher value in terms of like bulk, et cetera. Like you've got to have a commitment to how many units you're shipping, et cetera, for whatever. It, it, it's just that the costs become exponential at that rate. So imagine like the old world, like you're talking about like a, an art book, right? Which has yeah. like, how many print run? 100, 200, 300? Oh, uh, I think about, about 1,500. 1,500, okay. So sorry, didn't mean a little by there. 1,500, <laughs> but but old world's got thousands and thousands of copies that they've already printed up. They got to ship this shit out you know, all over the world and all these different stores and stuff. They're all coming out of the same factories. I think they're coming out of China um, where they get them printed, which, no one blames anyone for printing I think they actually put their books in Lithuania. Oh, Lithuania. Okay, Lithuania. Don't okay. quote me on that. I'm pretty sure. But they're not dead. They're not filling up printing them in Nottingham. Is what I'm saying. So no, they like, do, they do their plastics manufacture there. But yeah, the yes. uh, the printing I think is Lithuanian. But yeah, like you got to do all these thousands of books, and you got to then you got to ship them to them so they can. I, I don't think I, I I assume that they don't. Hub it out of uh, Lithuania or wherever they're printing it from. No, no, it, it probably gets, it gets shipped to their, their. So that's a cost going from Lithuania shipping it to UK. And then they got to. Steve freight is not cheap. Uh, maybe, hopefully, if they have a really good relationship with their publisher or printer, sorry, in in Lithuania, uh, they maybe then they can they they hub it out like they they send it out to different like like to the US to Games Workshop HQ and I think that's is it Texas. Yeah, and Grapevine, Texas. Ryan, Ryan says he Outside goes, yeah. So, yeah, so they send them probably to, to Texas and then the UK and then, like, probably Toronto, which is the only big city in Canada. And then you got, like, you know, or other places, like, you know, Sydney or wherever in Australia or wherever. Like, they send them to wherever, and maybe they don't, but, but but who knows? If they're, if they're a smart printing press, like, printing house, they're just going to ship it to the UK and let them fucking deal with it at that point. That's a cost. <laughs> That's I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they ship some of it to the U.S. direct from their printer, but yeah, it's it's. I, I would assume they do, but they, even then, that's because they want to have that relationship with a big, big printer or a big big publisher, which would be Games Workshop. But yeah, all this stuff costs money. It costs a lot. It all adds up. Um, and also, yeah, I am pretty sure that those books really are just lost leaders. I don't think they really make any money on the books. The books are just things to help sell miniatures. Correct. I mean, they might make some off the book, and you know what? Good for them if they do. If they could sell it like fifty bucks as a loss leader, but sell it seventy bucks to make a profit, good. good. I, I don't think even seventy bucks makes because, like we were talking about, I think those books are probably costing them one hundred and eighty to two hundred dollars a pop to produce. Probably, yeah. I mean, as far as, as far as like the, the the man hours spent on actually you know writing it and editing it and all of that, right? Oh yeah, like that's. I, like, I, I, like, I know. Yeah. I guarantee you, seventy dollars does not cover their production costs. Which is why they really used a lot of their art. Um, I don't blame them for that. Like they're using some of the old old art. Sorry, my cat's playing with the bag. Um, the can you hear that? You can hear him. He's just going nuts. <laughs> Ezreal, hey buddy. Hey buddy. Nope. Um, anyway, um, I have a we have a fluffy fluff. One of our cats is a very fluffy gray cat called. Uh, he's a Siberian called Azrael, and he's going crazy on a shopping bag you just drag out of somewhere so um <laughs> anyway um like uh yeah so all the art the the like the, i'm sure the commission new pieces that's not going to be cheap and then they're going to um they're going to either reuse some of their old art which don't blame them because it's consistency etc but also it saves them money because they already own the art they don't have to commission right. thousands of dollars for because if you're an artist and your art's going to show up in like a Warhammer product, yeah, don't you know, 
charge. Don't be like, yeah, okay, cool, I'll do it for six bucks. Like, no, no, no. you're gonna be charging like a couple thousand dollars probably for that art piece. Um, and good, I'm glad they do. Artists need to make money too. So like, it's just a all these costs involved. And then you got some guy, you know, out there works as like, not in the publishing industry, does not understand this, but they want it all. Um, that's probably why they broke the books up too. They didn't want them to have a giant fat book or two fat books. They wanted to have a, uh, a, a you know, like just like you, you don't need you don't need to know about the if you're gonna run like the forces of the good guys. I guess I hate saying that for Warhammer, but the, the good guys, um, then you're just gonna want that book, and then you can get all the rules for the bad guys. Another book. You don't need both unless you're a completionist like like me, or get the ebooks for all the extra books. Sure. You know, read it on a tablet like, you know, normal people do these days um, and get the main books to sit on the toilet and go over and go, wow. So, yeah, yeah. which is what I do. I'm a huge I, I do like getting the tactile tactile uh, experience. Oh, that's weird. Hey, do you hear that? I heard some buzzing. Going on. I do hear it buzzing. It's gone now. Sorry. This is a uh, fun times with uh, with recording. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that was. Who knows? It was a space well, laser. <laughs> um, but yes. Uh, so long and short of it is, is that those books cost a lot to money make. Um, yeah. And scalpers suck. But I don't know how much can actually be done to control that because you still got to sell a book to somebody at the end of the day. Um, that that is correct. And in and ultimately, Games Workshop. I mean, good on them for trying. For probably they, they wasting do seem thousands to be of dollars doing their their best to, to control that as they can, but I, I just don't know if there actually is a solution to that besides people refusing to buy from the Skellhorse, which we all know is not going to happen, so. Yeah, it, it, that, that's the thing, is like, don't buy from the scalpers. There, there's a there's a good one, like, you, you, you people complain about this stuff, but it's like, the, the solution is in your hands as, the, uh, of the, uh, as a consumer. You can just not commit heresy. There, there is yeah. that option. I mean, I get it. It sucks, though, right? Because, like, you know, if you're, if you're collecting the whole series and you've got the first two volumes in, like, the nice um, faux leather-bound editions, you want that third one. It's the last one, right? Like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not disparaging anybody who goes out and spends whatever money they need to complete their set, because I, I, I understand. Um, yeah, and, and you're, all the people who are always against service first of these uh, extreme luxury items for gaming are people who have a fuck ton of money. So, like, of course, Henry Cavill plays Adeptus Custodes. I mean, he grew up in a pretty affluent home, I believe, and of course, he plays Warhammer because it's a, it's an upper middle class kid hobby. Oh, I hear that. Can you hear that? No. Nah, that's weird. I'm just getting some weird feedback. I wonder if it'll be in the recording. We'll find out. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but like, uh, if it is, it's cool. The Admacker. These uh, echoes from the warp that are going on. So, yeah, I mean, and I'm not disparaging upper middle class people. Well, not more than usual. I, I just, you know, like, it, it's not exactly a hobby for the poors, uh, which sucks. Because, you know, I think everyone should enjoy Warhammer. But I'm very commie Warhammer. Um, but, like, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, so my solution for not getting these gilded monstrosities is beautiful monstrosities. It's, I just don't buy them. I don't. I don't even bother yeah, I, looking at it. Or I'm gonna read it. Uh, I'm gonna read it on my Kindle if I ever read it. <laughs> so I'll probably watch overview videos because that's what I do. Um, but if I do read novels, yeah, I'm gonna. Unless it's like something really niche, like Morkborg, yeah, I'm gonna buy that physical copy of that. It's fucking amazing. Sure. But like, if it's like Warhammer, unless it's like 
a book of Imperial Beastmen written from the perspective of Beastmen that comes in like a tome made from flesh. Doesn't have to be human, just saying. Um, then I will I will purchase that. But I otherwise, yeah. It's kinda like buying vinyl or whatever, you know, like yeah. it's a it's a luxury item. Well so, yeah. Uh, that was a long chunk of this. Like that, that was that was a big big digression, but uh, it was a good one, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I hope I hope the listeners enjoyed that. It's just going off. But like, this this all kind of came out of the uh, uh, Heresy Thursday news today, which mm-hmm. uh, was actually focused on the announcement of the next Age of Darkness uh, Horus Heresy campaign book, which I am pretty stoked yes. for. I am getting uh, this campaigns of the Age of Darkness: copy. The Battle for yeah. Beta Garmin. Uh, oh, oh! I, I'm thinking of Shattered Legions, but the Battle for Beta Garmin that is that is about Shattered Legions. That is yeah. the title of the book. Yeah, yeah, the Battle for Beta Garmin. Yep, I'm I'm going to be pre-ordering that as soon as I can. So. Yeah, same here. And it, it includes, of course, the rules for the Shattered Legions and Black Shield, which is super cool. Yes, if I wasn't doing Light Lords, my original idea was to do Black Shields. So, oh, see, so, so I thought you would, I thought you had gone back to Black Shields. I was going to, but I think I'm just going to do Night Lords because I can run Night. Look, I'm getting a Night Lords kill team set when it comes out, and I can definitely yeah. use those in, for heresy troops as well. Like I'm, you know, like anybody, I'm on a budget. So, um, and then and I, but I'll probably get some. I'll do some Black Shield dudes. I have a whole bunch of miniatures that'd be great for Black Shields. And maybe they're working with the Night Lords. They, they don't have to be, um, you know, they they don't. I, I can make them be good guys, bad guys, neutral guys, mercenaries. Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of the fun of some of the Black Shield stuff, right? Because there's a whole bunch of Marines and other forces that were just like, we're just, you know, we're, we're not really going to take part in this whole Civil War thing. We've got our own stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, because it's a big galaxy, right? I mean, it's huge. Yeah. Huge. And and so, you know, like, what are they going to do? Like, the, some of the guys are just fucked off and did, did whatever, and they're off, like, fighting... Maybe they're fighting Xenos, or, or they're, they're employed by whatever. Yeah, or they're you know, carving out their own little petty kingdom somewhere, oh, right? Like, that too, yeah. yeah. Um, Why not? Yeah, it seems like a cool book. Uh, Beta Garmin's kind of, you know, it's the penultimate battle of the Horus Heresy, right? It's, it's that, that huge campaign theater where the uh, the loyalists try and stall the traitors long enough to uh, continue to uh, entrench their defenses on terror before the, the final siege. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So it's like, it's very much a doomed battle for the the loyalists like they you know they go into it knowing that it's just a holding action but you know it's a holding action where untold trillions of people die yeah um, yeah exactly like it, it's yeah it's very it's 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 like a i've noticed how like the the campaign it's like they they turn they turn the horse heresy into like a, a weird mix of um the eastern front in world war ii and the island hopping hopping campaign that the americans did against japan in world war ii as well yeah, it's a nice mix. I, I I I think it's. I mean, they draw from a lot of influences, but yeah. No, it's cool. a lot of you know, actions I, occurred. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's they they've dabbled in this setting before. There's the novel Titan Death, which is book fifty three in the Horus Heresy. I'm actually halfway through right now, so I was kind of excited to be bringing that back in. Oh, nice. Titan Death's great, by the way. I don't know if you've read it, but it's it's one of no, the no, one of the best heresy novels I've read so far. Oh. I can just jump into that, right? I don't need to read like the million novels. No, not really. Yeah, I mean, there'll be little bits and pieces here and there, but like it's it's semi standalone, um, and it, it is fantastic. And uh, you know, it's 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 very well written. It's got really compelling characters. Um, you know, and the the Titan combat is is super cool. But you know, there, there's there's an aside. What made me think about this right now is we're talking about the scale of the Heresy battle, right? And there, there's a, a 
the the princeps of a, a warhound titan is patrolling around, and she sees that they're around this collapsed hive um, city, and uh, she's sort of like she's thinking about it. And she's like, you know, when this thing imploded on itself after burning for a week straight, um, you know, three hundred million people died, and she's like trying to wrap her head around how many people that is. She's like, it's one. she's like, she, like she calls up like infographics to like try and like get her to wrap her head around it, and she can't. And she's like, you know. And this is just one city on this one planet in a whole system that's on fire right now. Yeah, yeah. Untold billions. Like, it, 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 what a time to be alive. Like, yeah, like, briefly. Not for long. Not for long. Briefly, exactly. Oh. Um, but it's rad. Like, it's so rad. Like, I don't want to live great. It's, it's It's the scope and scale of, like, the, of the, the 40k universe at its best right now. You know, you've got the Titans battling it out, and they wrote that the I think Guy Haley is the author, and he's really, really doing yeah. it all justice. The Titans are cool. Well, Guy's a great author, by the way. Like, yeah, just fucking knocks out of park you know, every fucking time. Yeah. The main perspective is uh, uh, Princeps from the uh, Legio Solaria, the uh, the Imperial Hunters, and the but there is a secondary perspective from the Legio Vulpa, and he is a great character. Um, you know, they're, they're the the traitor Legion or Legio, and uh, it's there, there's they're starting to fall to chaos and like you know they're, they're worshiping corn but like kind of like whatever it's just a just for just for laughs right and there's there's this fantastic bit where he has retired to his private chamber um and he's, he's looking at he's got this like uh, decoration made of like um pieces of uh the banners from all the titans that his 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 manipul has destroyed over the years and he's like you know Maybe, maybe, maybe all the skulls we have on the bridge now is a better idea. What if I got some skulls down here? And then it cuts, and he's like, "Wait a minute, what am I thinking about? Why would I want skulls in my private quarters? That's stupid." But get more skulls. Yeah, and like obviously, you know, there are going to be a lot of skulls in this guy's life soon. <laughs> but it's it, it's it's a great glimpse of like people, you know, on the cusp of like really falling to chaos, and I like, think that's that's super interesting stuff. And, I'm you know, I'm surrounded some, some by black skulls. comedy in it too, right? I'm surrounded by skulls right now. What does that mean about me? Like, yeah, <laughs> I have so many skulls. I kind of like skulls, but yeah, um, th that's that's uh, that's that's great. Like, okay, I gotta read it. Like, or... yeah, Titan Death's fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it. You know, it's it's also breath of fresh air because uh, many, if not most, of the main characters are women. Uh, well, that's nice. On my 53rd Horse Heresy book, you know, this book alone probably counts for. 30% of all the female characters in the entire series to date. That's kind of um, sad. I mean, it's nice that they did that, but it's sad overall, you know what I mean? Yeah, and like, like no, half I, the I, people. Yeah, it's, uh... It is what it is, you know. The, the the female space marine debate is a much larger conversation I'm perfectly excited to get into tonight, but, um... You know, it, it's, it's, it's great to see a bunch of well-written uh, women in the books uh, doing cool shit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know, their, the origin story of Legio Slary, why they are all women, is, is very cool and interesting. Um, and, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's just a great book. Like, their characters are very... Despite being 100%... Every character in this book is 100% insane. Like, even, you know, the, the good guy, Legio Slary, protagonist, uh, Isha, she's she's nuts, right? Like, they're all, they all go nuts, like, you know, um, mind-melding with their titans and stuff. Or, you know, there, there's some great asides about how, like, you know... Yeah, the Imperial guys, these are the good guys. And they talk about how the Imperial Hunters, they have special um, Apocalypse missiles in their Titans. And the reason they're so good is because each one of them is powered by a human brain. <laughs> Where'd those brains so, come from? Yeah, exactly. They're like, you know, uh, somebody died to power each of the missiles in their Titans. 
It's amazing. It's so and like you know, there's no like is like we should think maybe we should think about it. It's just like yeah, it's just how we do it. And I'm like these guys are fucked. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's fact that they're piloting a giant machine they got a mind meld with in the first place, and then they got mis- brain missiles, which is like I didn't even know about that. And that's that's amazing. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, in, in the whole, well, like, it's it's, it's for Legio Solaria specifically. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're 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 they have better missiles than other, which which I believe is represented in the Titanicus game. Um, so they're smart they, missiles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, 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 it's 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 you know it's peak forty k stuff. Right that's there, so right? dark. I these are the good guys. These are the good guys. I know. These are the good guys. You guys are rooting for. Actually, no. The chaos are the good guys, to a point, and they're no longer good. So. That's certainly a perspective. <laughs> <laughs> they're just living their best life. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, thinking about skulls. <laughs> thinking about skulls. Hey, I, I, like I said, I got shitloads of skulls. I'm, I'm doing okay. I, I'm not a weird murderer guy yet. But yeah. So Who, whose skulls are they, Steve? Um, people's, yeah, uh-huh. um, yeah, they're they're no no you know volunteers, um, mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a thing. I'm just living my best life. Um, but yeah, we actually actually have um, found animal skulls as well and other items like that. Oh my 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 house, my house is full of um, yeah various you know, skulls and oh I see the skulls, but I I don't have too many skull. Uh, cute, the, the, the skulls of my slain enemies aren't lining my bedroom wall. I think is the key distinction here. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I probably should point out that I don't have any slain enemy skulls. Maybe some randos that I found in an alley one night. But you know, no, no slain enemies. I don't have enemies. I'm too likable. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, this is a, I'm not a bit of a digression, but Titan Death's a yeah, great yeah. book. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, and, and the, the setting of Titan Death is uh, the War for Beta Garment. That's, okay. It's, it's, yeah, it's the Titan Death, right? That's where the the vast majority of Titans got destroyed, which is why in the in the modern 40k setting you don't have as many because um, they all they just threw themselves into this this maelstrom of war there. Um, so it's kind of cool as it ties into that. And uh, you know, there actually was the Titan Death supplement for Titanicus maybe four years ago, uh, which is great fun. Um, and again, this uh, this new Heresy book is going to tie in clearly with the upcoming Legions Imperialis Great Slaughter, which is also set in the Beta Garment thing. So it's I'm going to be curious to see if the, if the books have rules that kind of directly speak with each other about how to integrate them. Yeah, yeah. That'd be, I mean, like, uh, that'd be great. You can just, like, stitch them all together and do, like, uh, Adeptus Titanicus, uh, Imperialis, and, and, and Horus Heresy. Like, the campaigns, they, they just shrink down. Yeah, like, they, like, they did a little bit of that in an article in White Dwarf in December, I think, where they talked about like having a campaign that had both Horus Heresy and uh, Legions Imperialis games kind of linked together. But it was it was pretty pretty simplistic. But I'd like to, I'd love to see a more in depth system for that. Yeah, I suspect it might be coming because these two books are obviously themed together around. You know, how did they? I'm looking at this article now, and they're talking about how uh, here is to quote the blog article. This epic campaign book is designed very much as a companion piece to the first supplement to Legion's Imperialis, The Great Slaughter, which concentrates on the huge sweeping battles of the campaign, while this one focuses on more character-driven narrative scenarios and, sorry, narrative encounters. And with the mm-hmm. Sons of Horus Blood Angels as major players, their armory sets can really make your forces stand out. Yep, and they also note that The Great Slaughter will also be out a little later this year. So. Yeah, that's, that's the delay we were talking about earlier, so... Pretty cool. Um... I'm stoked because, you know, also they talked about some of the new models that are going to be in this book, um, which is going to have uh, 
one of my favorite from the fiction, which is Tybalt Mar, who is a Sons mm. of Horus uh, Praetor, who is sort of the um, nemesis of Shadrach Medesan, who is one of the uh, cooler Iron Hands characters. Uh, I once pointed like their, their stories are entwined across several books, um, and we'll be, hopefully we'll be getting models from both of them. Noise. Well, yeah, they got rules for them, right? So, yeah, yeah, and then of so, course more. There's plastic. Solar Exilia, Exilia. We interrupt this transmission for a much needed ad break. The Galaxy in Flames podcast is brought to you in part by the Brushbuilders Union. The Brushbuilders Union is a community of like-minded miniatures painters encouraging one another in their craft. The Brushbuilders Union gives you monthly support and encouragement to become the miniatures painter you want to be. Take the union pledge today at brushbuildersunion.com. Now back to the transmission. The Emperor protects. Guys, come yeah, on. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about. Uh... Oh, sure. Battle for Beta Garment first, but yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, absolutely. They that for sure, because um, they talked about uh, that. It sounds like the, the core of this book, or one of the core, one of the major elements of the book, is going to be uh, this edition's full rules for Shattered Legions of Black Shields, which we talked a little bit before, but I think it's probably yep. worth talking a little bit more depth because I think that's a pretty yes. interesting part of the, the Heresy setting. Yeah, like. Um... Well, they talk about like the cohesive structure can be used to represent the many independent warbands that prowl the galaxy, be they fugitives from a legion they reject or displaced space marines collecting around a charismatic leader. These armies yeah. can be customized by selecting two oaths, which set a distinct framework around which the warband is built, granting it. That's for the black order. shields, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's for building like a whole army, I think. Um, it sounded to me like the. Um, was that black shields? Yes. Where it's yep. like the Shattered Legion stuff that could let you, let you make like mist oh. squads of like salamanders and iron hands. Oh, the Shattered Legions. Yeah, that's my my bad. I'm I'm skipping on the the black. Yeah. So yeah, they're talking about like ad hoc armies composed of troops from many different legions, salamanders, Raven Guard, Iron Hands, and more. So yeah, you can mix them together even with individual squads. Shattered Legions are cool too. I always just kind of like uh, cram together Black Shields and Shattered Legions, but they are different. Shattered Legions are just like remnants. They're yeah, I mean, the, the Shattered Legions are... There's, there's, I remember reading one of the, the, the afterwards in one of the uh, the novels about them. Um, the distinction is the Shattered Legions are very specific. If, if it's Shattered Legions with a capital S and a capital L, mm-hmm. it's about the survivors of Istvan III. Um, yes. It's the, the, or the survivors of those of those three legions that got wrecked there. So the Salamanders, the Iron Hands, and the uh, uh, Raven Guard. Yeah. Because they basically get together a fleet largely under Shadrach Medicine and run around uh, fucking up traitors for a few years. Um, so that's what that's what the Shattered Legions are. And yeah, basically then, it's your it's your death watch for 30k. Yeah, but mix, primarily mix around, those th- around those yeah. three legions with a few people from others from here and there. Whereas the Black Shields are just are they're marines who went and just did their own thing. Yes, yes. Although I mean like some some Black Shields I guess they are doing their own thing you can you can get some gray area with the Shattered Legions with a small S and small L, and yeah. and, and mix them into the Black Shields because they're gonna they might you might have Black Shields working with Shattered Shattered Legion, like they're all on the same side so to speak. Right. So. Black Shields by and large are Marines who have renounced whatever whatever yes. oaths they had to their Legion and are for you know as traitors or loyalists or neither, um, and have uh, you know they're they're they've scuffed the marks off their armor and they're they. They yeah, have new allegiances or no allegiances, right? Right, like Emperor's Children Black Shields might serve with some Shattered Legions guys because they're mm-hmm. loyalists, right? So right, or, or, or you know, or, yeah. Death Guard. There's a whole bunch of Death Guard who you know don't go over for uh, yeah 
or alternately, you know, there's there's a no fair number of like white scars who, uh, you know, don't go over to Jagatai and probably got away. Yeah, yeah. So he his own little been... purge. Yeah. So yeah. it's really cool. Like it, it, it brings in the, the 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 chaos with the little C um, of the heresy because that's yeah. at a certain point it becomes absolute mayhem. And that's what I like. I, I like the mayhem. I, I just like just thrive on mayhem, and that's what I want to see. Um, not just orderly armies fighting each other, but absolute crazy chaos, just insanity. Like that's that's always fun. Yeah, no, it's for me, def definitely cool stuff. And I'm, I'm excited to see. Like, I, I think it's really fun about you know building those like mixed units where you know you have a couple salamanders and a bunch of iron hands in one squad together. Yeah, yeah, that's like that's why I say like the Death Watch angle because that's why Death Watch I think were created. It's like I can't decide which Space Marines I want. How about different guys from different chapters? And this is different, different guys from different legions of the specific main chapter, chapter legions. But you could also have remnants from other legions that have joined them who are like wiped out in one location, doing a small holding action, like their version of Wake Island. Two guys get away or whatever, and from the Ultramarines or whatever, and they join them. Right, so I mean, you can you can just mix them all up if you want. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. So. No, for sure. Oh, so yeah, I don't. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. We also we don't have a whole lot to go on as to what they'll be doing there, but I think it's it's definitely exciting. They have a they have a pretty cool um, couple of pictures of you know one is like a black shield or a, uh, a shattered legion squad of uh, Raven Guard. Yeah, Raven Guard with some salamanders. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at it right now. It looks sick. Love it. And then they have another image of what is meant to be a squad of um, black shields who are dudes yes. in black and bronze armor. You know, it's, they've all got all kinds of crazy weapons and stuff. Like, you know, one guy's got a two-headed chainsaw, another dude's walking with a That's the world. E that's the world eater. Right, yeah. They, it, you know, it, but they're all wearing, like, you know, they don't have any, like, normal... Um, insignia, you know, they've got, yeah. They, you know, a lot of them are wearing unification era insignia, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. um, so it's fun because you know it's like if you want to play the Horus Heresy, but you want to like make up your own color scheme. Black Shields is a great place to do that. Yes, yes, you can make up your own own dudes. Like they're like we're like they're they're warband proto chapters, um, yeah. out there trying to survive um, and do their thing. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fun stuff. Yeah. And then it sounds like among the other things that will be in this book is going to be the rules for the Aethon Heavy Sentinel, which is one of the new plastic solar auxilia, and I think that's great. We start talking about. The uh, preview last week, or the full preview last week of the Plastic Solar Auxilia, which we kind of were, were teased about at the end of December. We talked about a little, but now we've seen a whole lot of them, and they are fucking cool. Oh, dude, yeah, like the I'm looking at it right now, and that is um as I must state professionally, sick ass shit, man. It's yeah, just looking... <laughs> to use the clinical oh. term. To use a clinical term, dope. This is uh, it, it, like that Sentinels just. Ugh. Yeah. So the Aethon Sentinel, uh, they debuted that in Legion's Imperialis in December, yeah. um, and we all knew it was going to be. Everybody knew that it was going to be coming in Plastic to a Horus Heresy, but it's very cool to see it now. Um, and uh, it looks like it's maybe not in that first wave of Solar Auxilia stuff coming soon. But uh, man, there is a lot of cool stuff in that box that they've showed off the Solar Auxilia Battle Group. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Oh man, look at that! Like, I guess I brought, I brought. There is an Aethon Heavy Sentinel in that, so it probably won't be that far out. I, I was, I was mistaken. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I'm looking at the Aethon uh, Heavy Sentinel. Just incinerators, auto cannons. I mean, look at those giant missiles. Holy shit! Those are. It's it's so goofy looking. I love it. Volkite cauldrons. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just like a big it's just like a big walking block, right? 
Oh yeah, it's way. I actually like it better than the other Sentinel. Me too. Like, like I'm I'm surprised that the the first Sentinel didn't get him sued because the the old sent the old Sentinels Just look like ATST. little eggs. Yeah, it's the ATST. Uh, but the old Sentinels didn't look like more like ATSTs. They look right. like um, little eggs with legs. They look like Zentradi, yeah, They look like Zentradi battle pods with the dude riding on top um, uh, from Robotech. And then you had, and then they decided to combine the ATST with the power loader from Aliens. Uh, the, sorry, the ATST from Star Wars, the two-legged walker that you see in Empire yeah. Strikes Back for the first time, but uh, and really see him in uh, Return of the Jedi. Just, just so people, in case somebody out there, the one person who might not know about Star Wars. Uh-huh. Um, so. The, the, um, the, the guy listening to the Horus Heresy deep dive podcast yeah. who was Star Wars? Star, uh, Star Wars, I've, I, that, I've never seen Empire Strikes Back. What's that, that all about? Is that with Captain Kirk? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It's with Doctor Who. <laughs> his name is Doctor Who. Yeah, of course. That's uh, that's his name. No, it's, I know it's the Doctor. Jesus. It's Darth Who. Darth Who. Darth yeah. Who, uh, captain of the starship, of the, of the Death Star Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> that's... Uh, um, so yeah, these are looking. I love the paint scheme they did for them too. Like they really, really digging into that whole bronze scheme. Looks yeah, great. I forget which uh, which regiment that is, but I, I think it's one of the. It's, it's not the Saturday Rams because they're blue. Um, I forget, but if they're on the new decal sheet with Legion's Imperialis. I think so. Yeah, it's, that's cool stuff. Oh yeah, this is like, uh, and in, yeah, the the, in the Solar Auxiliary like they they look sick like they look great like they look like the kind of dudes i want to feel they actually look like there's, naval breachers so like, well, yeah that's the idea right they're, they're meant yeah. they were you know they were originally built as, as uh, yeah. for void warfare um you know during during the early stages of unification when the emperor was you know taking the solar system that's right um that's why the, i think the Saturnine rams were like the original solar auxilia mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but uh yeah no they're these, these models are super cool i just want to point out yeah, yeah, weird YouTubers. This, this, this is totally dead. That's why they're putting this out. <laughs> like putting all this yeah. money in it. What a dead part of the hobby this is. Look at yeah. all this dead shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's... Uh, dumb. No, yeah. it looks like a great set. I think oh, the, yeah. This, this the battle group box. What does it get you? I think it gets you two ten-man las rifle sections, uh, command section, um, the Aethon Sentinel, of course, the Drakasan, which is the. Uh, the transport, which also seems to have a vindicator cannon on it, um, and uh, um, a Lehman Russ. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was just looking at it, just man, and that's like I. And I, it's cool because it's not it's not just the repackaged forty k Lehman Russ, right? This is a this is a new Lehman Russ for Horus Heresy. Because that's it's, right. It's got a different. Uh, I mean, it's got different styling on it as well, but you know, it's it's, it's weapons are slightly different. What well, doesn't have the Sponson guns? And with a little bit of a little bit of uh, bashing, you if you're a 40k player, you could pick up this battle group and turn it into your own like Imperial Guard dudes, like oh you know, sure, carapace armor, whatever you want to do for that. And then you, you like just you, you hell, you don't even have to convert it or kit bash it at all. But like I would, you just get more options here. And I mean, you can always go third party, of course. But like this is they they they, they look great. They're they're awesome kits. They're pretty awesome kits. Like these are yeah. Horus Heresy has the best Warhammer 3040k kits. So Yeah, they're super cool. Um, you know, I think these are in my future at some point. I would love to do some Chthonian headhunters to go along with my Sons of Horus. Um, yeah. not my budget for a minute, unfortunately. Um 
you know, I, I'm about to be paying a whole bunch of tanks for my sons, of course. But, uh, you know, and towards the end of the year, next year, I, could, I definitely will be getting, getting this uh, Soul Auxiliary as a, an allied detachment. And, oh, they showed up the Malkador, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. did I see that? I'm not even sure. Yeah, it's towards the bottom of the uh, of the page. It's, it's, the, it's the last thing on that page, actually. Oh, yeah, Malkador Heavy Tank. I was looking yeah, at it. Yeah, that yeah. thing is awesome. That it looks is so cool. so cool, like... Oh man, I love me a heavy bolter sponson. Mm. Yeah. So good. <laughs> like, it has that's like great. three heavy bolters? Uh yeah, there's uh there's one on that side and this side and in the front. Yep. Yep. Nothing yeah, says I loving like a heavy bolt. Yeah. Yeah. But as I, 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 can be upgraded to hold five last cannons. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh five last cannons, sure. Yeah. Why not? Like and but, of course you got your uh main turret cannon. Yeah. I, I just really like I really like these solar auxiliary tanks because they're really leaning into the uh, the World War One uh, tank style. Yeah, yeah. The uh, what is that? The Mark One. Yeah, those all those wild looking French and English tanks. So I think yeah. that's trench I, traversers. I yeah, yeah. Oh, they've just got a lot of character. Well, I mean, they they obviously inspired also by Land Raiders, which Land Raider was inspired by World War One tanks. So, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But I think they've leaned more heavily into that World War One aesthetic than they have elsewhere in, in the, the 40k line, so I'm pretty stoked about that. Although I will say I am dreading painting all that, that trim. <laughs> Those are going to be some time-consuming vehicles to paint. Yep. 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 Like, I, 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 can, I can paint a Sons of Horus tank in about three nights. Like, I get the airbrush down, there's a couple highlights and stuff, and like, then some detailing, but like, it's, you know, 70% green. Right? <laughs> like... like you know, I, I got my green tones and stuff, but, like, you know, once I get those base greens down with the airbrush, I'm, like, three-quarters of the way done. Um, oh, yeah. But this thing, this thing's going to be some work. Yeah, I, uh, I never look forward to painting them as much. Like, I like painting, but also I don't, so... Uh, just mainly for arthritic reasons, but, like, the... the that's why I have children. <laughs> you guys paint it. Paint it for your dad. Um... But yeah, I actually like painting vehicles, though. I still like to yeah. that. But, uh, yeah, I think I've heard if you were going to get into Solar Auxilia, because, you know, the rules are out already for most of the stuff. They're in the yeah. Library Imperium book for about a year now. Or a year and a half, even. Um, so, you know, the the, eighth, the Sentinel, we don't have the points rules for yet. Uh, but everything else is, is in that book, I believe. Because, you know, a lot of this was uh, resin models for the past ten years. Or five or six years, at least, anyway. Yeah, so you, get... you could you could you could stand out an army pretty easily, and I'm told that if you wanted to go hard on a solar auxilia army, the place to start you would, you would want to get about three of the battle group boxes. Yeah, you get three of the battle group boxes. That gives you that sounds like it would give you plenty of uh, bolter sponges, so your vehicles can get around. So yeah, you'd have about I think I think that works up to about a little over two thousand points. Yeah. So then, you know, three thousand points is kind of like the standard game of horse heresy these days. So. The, the Malkadors will come out. We'll get a couple more of those. Add some tanks. You know, maybe add a knight or something as a uh, ally detachment. You'd be in business. So you know, it's not necessarily not a cheap army to get into. But it's gonna it say is can... probably forty percent of what it used to cost for resin. <laughs> well, yeah, I was gonna say well, exactly, and also easier to work with. But like the the you know, you can you can take that trip to Europe for a week or two, or you can just buy three battle groups. Really? Yeah, you buy three battle boxes of plastic. Right? You can look at pictures of Europe online, so it's, you know, fine. Well, if you know a way to go to Europe for less than $1,000, I want to hear about it. 
Yeah. Well, how much? Are, yeah, well, that's true. That's a good point. That's uh, because they're gonna probably be boxes. Like, two, be in the neighborhood two fifty. Two fifty. Well, yeah, Canadian about three hundred or more. Yeah, three twenty. Two fifty U.S. is my guess. Maybe a little bit more, but I, I, I think they're gonna discount them pretty deeply. Yeah, because they, they know people are gonna buy a ton of this stuff. Well, oh. people, yeah, they'll usually buy them as like auxiliary units. I mean, thus the name. But like, I, I would like would consider doing a whole army of these dudes. Like, because I'm a big Imperial Guard simp. I love that shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it, yeah. Well, it's looking yeah, great. Because I mean, what is uh the Age of Darkness box is what two fifty. That's the start yeah. for Horus Heresy. Oh, I think you're right. Two two fifty. Yeah. So sorry. It's a trip to Mexico. And uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, it, it, it ain't cheap. I'm not going <laughs> to say that it is, but uh, you know, it's 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 cheaper than it used to. If you want to get into that, I, I think the models are pretty dope. Um, you know, I am not going to be doing that myself, but I'll pick up one of these. I'll, you know, I I I'd slowly put together an allied detachment. I think that'll be a fun. Thing yeah. The models are great. I, I love the sci-fi armor styles for these. The, the basic troops—they're just—they just got so much character. They do. That they do. Like I, I really love. I love the um, officers, uh, or maybe they're sergeants, but they're, they're like have the centurion crest. It's just, yeah, it's yeah. Nice. It's nice. It's nice. It, it, it visually ties them in with the uh, the marines too, right? Yes. Yeah, and these guys aren't any, these guys are no slouches either. I mean, sure, they're not in eight foot tall space marine with a bolter but you know they're pretty well equipped yeah. with Volkai weapons and melta guns and all kinds of shit and numbers and num oh and don't forget all the numbers yeah there's way more yeah. of them yeah but these dudes are I, I, the, the command section is great though right like the uh, the guy on the, uh, the the comms relay like shouting into the uh, the receiver in his hand and everything oh yeah yeah, I, I love it. One of my favorite things in miniatures is when you've got a guy who's not like, he's not waving a sword around and yelling, right? He's like, he's doing his job. Yeah, he's just I, I, You know, uh, like one of my favorite models in the whole Horus Heresy line is the uh, the Resin Master of Signals, which is just a marine with a big, weird helmet and a giant backpack with, you know, antennas sticking out of it. And he's like, he's talking into what's obviously the relay on his wrist. Right, mm -hmm. like he, he's not even—he's not shouting. He's not—he's not pointing a gun at anybody. He's just—he's just doing his job. And I always think that kind of stuff is the stuff that makes the table come alive. Well, that's why I love—I love miniatures like they're like got a guy with a shovel, you know, like digging something because you gotta do that shit in, in warfare and just doing other stuff, laying down, looking through binoculars on a radio because yeah. that's how that works. They can't all like, be a bunch of screaming guys with bayonets, you know, like they. Right. Yeah, they need the wounded. You know, or whatever. I always get the wounded guy. <laughs> That's always fun. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's looking good. Yeah, cool stuff. Definitely excited to see more from that. But uh, yeah, so I think that's kind of the big news for this month. So uh, maybe we should kind of roll into mail call. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, how about? Do you want to? You want to kick this off, or should I? Um, I can kick it off. Uh, so, uh, Justin Cot Cottom uh, asks, if you could add a new faction to Horus Heresy, what would it be? Or do you think all the factions from the lore are well represented in the current game? You know, for me, I I'd like to see more of the Dark Mechanicum. I'd like to see the v get like a full sort of separate army treatment. Um, or at least, yep. you know, 
you know, in a perfect world, I'd like to see the Mechanicum in general get a bigger release, of which the Dark Mechanicum can use most of it, but then they, I'd love to see them get some of their own stuff on top of that, right? Yeah. Um, you know, things that, like, you know, they, they still use the core Mechanicum line, but they have their own kits and stuff to kind of convert them or uh, upgrade them or, you know, some, some demon engines and stuff like that that, you know, are more fully integrated into a standing list. Um, as far as a new faction, like a wholesale new faction, I don't know. I think nothing, nothing's springing to mind for me right there, right? Like, it, it I don't want to see anything that isn't involved in the Civil War. Like, I, I don't want to see, you know, I'm really, I'm just not interested in seeing orcs in 30k. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I like orcs, but I want to see them, I want to keep them in 40k. Um, you you can just use 40k orcs in 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 30k if you want to. If you like, want to, sure, yeah. But you know, I, I don't. I'm just not interested in that, right? Like that's that's not the the appeal of the game for me. The, the appeal for the game for me is you know the the, the world of the Galactic Civil War. Um, so, as far as a new faction, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I nothing is springing to mind. You know, we've got knights, we've got titans, we've got so we got the custodes. I mean, if anything, I kind of wish the custodes weren't in the game. I, I think they're. I think the custodes are sort of bad for the the game in general. Um, I, I I would argue that for 40k as well. Oh, I, I think that as well. Emperor. Yeah, like that's yeah. their job. Like, but, but even faction is weird. Even that, I, I I can that ultimately doesn't trouble me that much. My my issue with it is is that you know in the game, space marines are meant to be the super badasses, right? And then. The Custodes, to do what they do in the setting, which is great and fine for the novels, um, they have to just be better, right? They have, yep. they have to be tougher and hit harder. You just get fewer um, of them, yeah. Right, but like, you know, you, you play against them and they, they're they just... To, to make them um, feel right in the game, they're just not much fun to play against. Yeah. And I think they have there's a place for them in the game... I think they're great, like, when you play a mega battle, right, where you've got 10,000 points on the side. If somebody has 500 points of custodes, that's cool, right? Because, like, the size of the game is such that, like, they don't they don't become what the whole game is about. They become yes. what, a, what what a small part of that, that big table is about. And that's cool and thematic, right? Like, you know, we my club, we did a mega battle last winter, and one guy had a, a couple squads of custodes, and they just, you know, they dug in on this objective, and they just, they just didn't move, right? And they, um... That felt very cool and thematic, and I, I think they're great for stuff like that. But like a whole army of them, I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I I see them as like uh, how the Adeptus Arbides were back in the old days. They're just like an added element that you add, like an auxiliary force that you add. To yeah, I, I, I think they're great as supporting forces. Um, I think they're they're you know they've got a great place as like as sort of like a, a game master tool in like a you know a sort of narrated game. Mm -hmm. But a full army of custodians, I don't know. I, I think you know. As far as the setting goes, the only time the Custodes were really fighting in mass numbers during the Horus Heresy, to my knowledge, I could be wrong, maybe I've missed a book something, was in the Webway, right? Yeah. Which is a, a very limited uh, and cool and interesting engagement, but it's, it's really, you know, a very small part of the overall heresy and not a part that most people are going to play because, you know, it's set in the Webway, so it's, you know, in the ruins of, of Eldar Tunnels, uh, where the Custodes, Titan Legion, Sisters of Silence, uh, a few other people are fighting an endless horde of demons and some word bearers. Yeah. And like that's super cool and I would love to play that game, but like that's it's such a small part of the heresy that like I, I don't know. I get why the custodians are around, I get why people like them. I just don't think they're very good for the health of the game. Yeah, yeah, I I I, I, I would agree with that. Um definitely like for me like 
Dark Mechanicum makes sense for an additional faction because it's a big element of the Civil War. Um, one of the things I, I would like to see, which you can just do with other miniatures and just if they sold weapons kits and stuff like that, like you could equip them with heresy era weaponry. Um, so pirates slash mercenaries would be fun um, because not every battle is going to be this epic space marine on space marine battle. So, I mean, like that's the good foot, like you were saying, like, you know, like we're implying that that's the focus, of course. Uh, of the Horus Heresy is basically a space marine orgy, but the the there's so many other things going on, and there's going to be planets like being attacked by um, traders that are going to have mercenaries. You know, there's going to be mercenaries float, floating around as well who are not affiliated, or maybe they're they're Imperials, but they're not. You know, blah blah blah. Um, that kind of they would take the place of like say rogue trader forces, which I don't think rogue traders exist in the Heresy. They do. Uh, they well, they do. Yeah, they don't not as prominent like I guess in the lore, but but, but that's another one you could have rogue trader forces that would be good. Sure, rogue, rogue traders that are fighting on the fringes and stuff like that. Um, another one are well, you get the solar exilia, but you could have naval forces that are more like they're like they're. But then again, they need to convert. That would be a faction that would just be solar exilia. And you got so I think mercenaries. Um, which could be alien mercenaries as well, um, because some PDFs are probably very desperate. Some governors are very desperate to defend themselves, and you got a bunch of, say, Eldar pirates that will hire themselves out to help out the humans. Or, um, yeah. Or just like I said, like fringe, fringe world type stuff, fringers, or whatever they want to call them. But I don't know if they make a full faction. Those just, once again, be additional forces if you want to run. I just think it'd be a fun battle, like a mega battle type situation, which is like few, if any, space marines. And it's just one of the forgotten battles of the Horus Heresy. Sure. Because they're not but, all going to have it. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like for me, that's just more interesting as like one-off scenarios, but maybe not like... Correct. You know, enough to really do a full faction. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess, uh, yeah. Rogue Trader faction, maybe. But, but like, that's... Although I feel like you could do that with the Militia PDF if you wanted to. So yeah, your own your own militia PDF, um, like fleshing all that stuff out, especially getting into uh, we we discussed Sean Demery's question. Uh, yeah, Sean, you got to tell me. I, I forget because I used to play a long time ago. We did some Dark Heresy together online. It's like is it Demery or Demory? I always say Demery. I don't think he ever. I think Demery too. Always, I've, I've never met Sean in person. I've never said his name out loud before just now, so I'm not not yeah. entirely sure. But Sean's a cool dude. But let's Great guy. let's come back because we're gonna we're gonna end the episode talking about Sean's not quite question right? Correct. Correct. And so I'm I'm gonna yeah. kick it back to you with the next question, which is from Andy McBeer. Cool, Ask Andy. Was the DS Ray cooler in Horus Heresy or Storm of Iron? Well, Andy, I I I haven't I haven't uh, um, read that many Horus Heresy books, so I'm gonna say Storm of Iron because I read that in on a slow night at a nightclub. Uh, I was I was a system manager at like in Seattle, you know, sitting there doing some door work and read Storm of Iron. And, man, that was a I love that book. Um, fun fact, Andy. Uh, Train me uh, was the first person to train me when I uh, worked in film. I showed oh, cool. up, got dropped off by the transpo guy, and uh, that was the that was the guy that greeted me. And he used to be a games workshop manager, so 
and he knows his shit. He does a lot of really cool miniatures work and stuff. So, um, right on. great guy. And and so he's going to be upset, not really, but like he, he, <laughs> he, he, disappointed that I have not read that. Uh, like I can't really speak for that for Horus Heresy as much as I can for Storm of Iron, which I really really enjoyed. That's one like um, yeah, plowed right through that book. So, I had I had to look up all of its appearances, so I actually have read all of the Horus Heresy novels that it's in, but I have not yep. read Storm of Fire. Okay. Ooh. So I guess my vote the has roles to be are for, for the Horus Heresy, because uh, I don't have anything to compare it with, but it is, no, it is we quite must cool. Fight it's to the death. Titan for Legia Mortis, and that's that's pretty badass. Yeah, totally badass. I mean, um, I mean, you could say it was, it was mentioned in Storm of Iron first, because that book came out in like, 2002. That's probably first written, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And that was... Uh, this is the peak of my two thousand, like nine, the like ninety nine uh, or two thousand to like twenty ten is the peak of my. I read, I read every single Warhammer novel that came out, fantasy or forty wow. k. I have all the copies of Inferno sitting right over here. That's where oh, like man. Gaunt's Ghost started, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I have, I, I read like that, that. That was the peak. Like I, like I said, I read. I had every. There was a bookstore that was closing down, and they say they sold me like all their Warhammer novels for a dollar. I bought all even the doubles and I gave them to people, and then all the doubles I left over, I sold at my store. I, I yeah, I, I I read them all, um, because that's that's how I used to party hard in Seattle when I wasn't out drinking and <laughs> working nightclubs and DJing. I was uh, playing role playing games and reading. That's how I got the bed in the morning was <laughs> reading novels. Um, or really slow nights at the club. Like, there'd be just some nights where, like, I'm doing a Tuesday or whatever, and there's nothing going on. I just sat there and read my Gaunt's ghost novels and stuff. So, um, But, like, yeah. So, man, these novels have been out for a long-ass time. Um, oh, such good memories. All those books. Like, I remember the first time I read Eisenhorn. Um, oof, man. That, that, that first book. Was it Xenos? Man. Man, I loved it. So good. Um, yeah. Um, but good question. I just, yeah. At least we can both answer it from different ends. Yeah. <laughs> um, but actually fail to answer the question completely. Yeah, we suck, Andy. Sorry, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, um, buds. Yeah, yeah, we tried. We tried. So I think it brings us to our last question, which yep. was Sean Demery was asking about playing Beastman Militia. Uh, and the answer was just sort of a simple yes, because the militia PDF has pretty straightforward rules for adding that as one of your provenances um, when building in PDF. And the, the militia PDF is, I think, one of the most underrated pieces of uh, game material for the current edition of Heresy, because it is a gigantic, slightly complex uh, toolkit for making um, planetary defense forces or allied Imperial Guard-style stuff however the hell you want it to be. And they really did a great job of just giving you a ton of cool options. You know, you can have feral worlders, you know, with chain swords and you can have, you know, you can make an abhuman army for if you wanted to play the Beastmen. You've got guys who are like, you know, uh, Great Crusade veterans. Like, there's just all kinds of cool, cool knobs to to twist and turn to dial that army however you want. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. Like, it, it's in, in in like in terms of faction. Like, would that be a faction? I guess it would be. Um, so like that. Like going back to that earlier question, definitely militias. I, 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 while that PDF is fantastic, I would love to see a book published that delves really deep into, like for instance, Beastmen, right? They've always gotten fucked. Like, I, 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 I used to run a lot of Beastmen in my Imperial Guard army, and I would go crazy. Like, I didn't even care if they didn't have the ho the hooves. 
because they're beastmen. They can be whatever. So I would just glue beastmen heads on Imperial Guard bodies, and they have like plasma guns, uh, multi meltas, and um, like I, I would I would kit kit bash them into. I, I put I put beastmen in power armor, like you know, because the beastmen, you know, hey, they they they're 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 just they're just doing their shit for the emperor. And most of them are dumb by by like normal standards, I guess. They're just not very educated. That's all. They're, they're smart. You can have beastmen with like bolt guns. You can have beastmen with um, like I have all, I have all the Brulean range from uh, Victoria miniatures out of Australia. Yeah, yeah, love those guys. And and I just God, I love beastmen. And it's um, by the way, another another good army for um, heresy would be the Hexenheimers, which are their version of Krieg 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 Kriegsmen. Uh, but they, they look more way more World War One, and I would highly recommend the Hexenheimers for like a heresy militia or uh, uh, imperial force. So sure. So militia, like, and that's that's very interesting. I just want I just want rules expansions for it. They don't even make mini, like militia miniatures, although that'd be sweet. And just let the third parties, you know. But like you said, maybe that's why they don't do it because the books are expensive. But it'd be fun to do a full militia army. That's definitely something like I would be my my bag. Especially with like yeah. Ratlings and Ogrins and um, all the cool shit, and even even squats. Like, where are the squats in? Well, that, that's that's the abhuman muster. That's what that. that yeah, they, is they, I mean, what I'm saying is like you don't see like heresy era squats. Where in the old days you would see like huge battlefields and heresy. You see the squats in there. Um, I, I would like to see more of that. Like, because there's like a massive amount of people in the Imperium. Um, so many citizens um yeah beastmen like i would love to run like a full beastman militia force yeah it'd be cool they, you know one of the fun things is that you know i think sean specified he wants to run loyalist beastmen which is entirely possible with that pdf because that's what i mean yeah. Large, yeah with a few of those except with a few exceptions the provinces are not locked to one side or the other um and the abhuman muster is not one of the ones that requires to play traitor or loyalist so you can absolutely play your loyalist beastman uh, yes Yes, it is. It's like ever since uh, White Dwarf issue 109, which I have sitting also in my stack of huh. Inferno and White Dwarves um, and Warlock magazine, if you ever play Fighting Fantasy, um, I, I, uh, I, I, that's where the Imperial Beastmen first pop up in rules and stuff like that. And like, like I, I just love Imperial Beastmen so much, like so much. Um, so it, it yeah. Like I, I just like to see more expanded rules, like I said, with different equipment. And, you know, finding on the fringes. Like you're not gonna your beastmen are just like auxiliary units to fucking soak up las bolts and and uh, plasma rounds and uh, bolt bolt shells. So uh, generally, like I mean, if you you look at the rules, they're they're kind of like the sponges for you know, like I have an extra like fifty points or whatever. I'm just gonna yeah. have these sponges here. And I don't want them to be sponges. They're people too. And so I, I want them to give well, like space rings around for the money. You basically you basically have to take a whole army of them, because that would be one of your, your two musters for the the militia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, you could just take a couple of things. They're basically tougher than normal guardsmen as far as the stat line goes. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're a bit um, tougher. Um, in the old days they were they were sub they they, they could have some some problems like kind of dumb so you can do a lot of complex things with them but like you know they'd have auto guns instead of las guns and i was like yeah why don't they have las guns i think they get a mix of weaponry if they want but uh, i i haven't looked yeah i think they pdf rules because they're they're the the, the militia rules are deep 
<laughs> so it, it they're I've given them a good skim that they're very cool, but there's there's a lot to them. I haven't I haven't gone Ooh. too deep into them. That would be a fun project. Our basemen yeah. in uh, Lehman Rust tanks. Oh, I mean, you, you could do that absolutely. E easily like, do it, yeah. You know, one of the things from the militias they get they get tanks very very cheap. They yes. get the, what they're called third line or something. Yeah, um, I think we were talking about that um, an earlier podcast about how like you can just spam people with tanks with militias. Yeah, so. uh, you know, the downside of course is that any any hit on the tank is a penetrating hit, so they they blow up very very easily. They're not very good but, tanks. Uh, yeah. You sure could have a lot of them. And that's another thing, too, is what you can do for the tanks for militias is if you can find... Uh, well, I, I tried using bolt-action kits, and they're a bit small. Yeah. But they're perfect for militias if you want, like, tiny little, like, tin tanks. Like, I have a, a Sherman over here, uh, BC Firefly, right? That's perfect for, like, like a rattling tank. You know, like, imagine sure. rattlings in a tank. It can happen. Or just a bunch of, like, uh, PDF or militia forces just you know, doing their thing. And you can pick up like World War II kits and bash them into 40K kits very easily or by scale models. You can do that too. Yes, you can use actual tank models and stuff like that in that scale. I think it's 172 to for your, in, in, for planes and, and tanks and you can kit bash that. So militias are more of a fun kit bashing thing. I just wish they do one malicious set. You know, they could be a core command squad, whatever. That'd be sweet. Well, I mean, I, I feel like that kind of exists. Just you just use Imperial Guard stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, for you can use Imperial Guard um, or or Solar or Solar Exilia, which are like just a, a detachment there, and the militia yeah. makes up the bulk, um, or a Space Marine squad or whatever. Or maybe they're maybe they're uh, Shattered Legion or Black Shields. So that'd be a good like core. Because seriously, you, you take militia up against like the Space Marines. And everything they can throw at you in the same point range, and I'm assuming the militias are like they're they're gonna have heavy weaponry and stuff, but they're kind of fucked. No, they're they're gonna they're gonna die in droves. But uh, you, yeah, you there's lots of objectives. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe. Like, I mean, I just remember the anyway. first time I filled a large Imperial Guard army back in the old days, and they just got annihilated. I'm like, fuck. So <laughs> get vehicles. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. But. Uh... Yeah, I think that. Uh, so I, I guess to sum all this up is that Sean, if you're listening, you absolutely should do a uh, playlist Beastman Militia for Horus Heresy, and I want to play against it. So make that happen. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, Sean. If like with my Night Lord, instead of doing like, uh, I might have some. I might do a Black Shields uh, Imperial Beastman. That'd be kind of fun. Uh, as oh, well, like Beastman as an allied detachment. Yeah, as an allied detachment, like basically fringe fringers. Like they're just like they're fighting like the the bat. Like they said, the battles that no one ever hears about like, yeah yeah that'd be cool there's so many there's so many battles and stuff like that that no one ever heard of no one ever even recorded or just like you know bunch of i don't know uh world leaders drop into a world like a world just taking over resources and they're like oh shit and then they gotta they gotta they gotta you know i mean just a few world leaders a few hundred and that's enough to like really give a militia a run for their money right so I love those okay. scenarios. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, I think that's probably a wrap for this episode. But on yeah. next one, I should have some firsthand experience to talk about Legions Imperialis. So that'll be fun. And uh, yes. we'll have some more reveals about all the stuff they're talking about. And and also, uh, so hail if you're listening, uh, we did go over your question, and we decided that we're gonna do like a probably a blog post, and we'll probably talk about it a bit in the next podcast. Uh, and that's where we're taking uh, ten 
shads, if you will, 10, 10 heroes from Horus Heresy. I'm assuming it's any of them. And I think I think we decided, like, you're going to take a five, and take a five. Yeah. And we're going to compare. You said a round table. If you can construct a round table, which knights would they be? And we, I, I interpret that as, like, which knights at the round table they would be, of which there are dozens of knights at the round table. And so I'll compare, like, you know, like, Garo compared to Garo compared to, like, you know, uh, you know, like like Gwen or whatever, but right, right, we'll write about the the five guys that we we choose and then put that in the blog post and then discuss it a little bit on the podcast. Kind of fun, right on. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back next month. And uh, thanks for listening. And uh, et cetera, et cetera. Thanks for joining us. Keep the heresy alive. Let the galaxy burn. Yeah.